2: You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to
0: episode 158. In this episode, we are looking forward to 2021. And not just for books, but aren't we all just ready to get out of 2020? (laughs) So (laughs) So ready. Raise your hand. (laughs) Before we get started with our bookish check-in, I just wanted to remind you that we are loving seeing all of the reviews and the ratings and everything that you, that everyone is doing on Apple podcast, that helps us so much. And it brings us so much joy to read the reviews. So thank you to everyone who has been doing that. And again, if there, if there are some of you that haven't, we would love for you to give, to rate and review us. That helps us so much. It helps people find our podcast and it just really helps. And is a great way to support the podcast. So go ahead and scroll on over there and rate and review. (laughs) So we're going to start now the way we start every episode with our bookish check-in. Ashley, what are you reading? So I am
1: reading a genre I don't read very often. We are looking toward a discussion of behavioral science books in January, and I find that I really enjoy reading those books, but I really don't make time for it very often. So I'm reading Chip and Dan Heath's The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact. So this one is really fascinating and looking at the way that people understand experiences. And so I am really interested in their perspective. And I just think so far, I find that the It has a lot of actionable items. It's very approachable. And it helps make a connection for the reader between what the science has revealed about what people enjoy and why. And also like what makes an impact on people and why. And how to make those things happen. They give lots of examples and talk about in real real life practices that are doing these things that enhance moments for people and so it's been really interesting so yeah definitely outside of my normal genre range but something that I'm really enjoying Jen recommended this one to me and I'm really glad that she did because I am really fascinated by what they share and I can see how I can put it into play in my own life
2: that sounds really good it is really good. I'm so glad you're liking it. And I can I just say I love that they are brothers and that they write together. I think it's the <laughs> sweetest thing ever. So I, yeah, I
0: like that too. That's awesome. Jen, what are you reading?
2: So I am reading one, Sarah, that you have talked about before. I am reading Kate Stayman London's One to Watch. And I picked it up. I'm in the midst of grading research essays. So I really should have waited because I started reading it last night. And i Just really want to read that instead of grading right now, which is not good for my self-discipline, but it is great. (laughs) I don't want to say a ton about it because Sarah's talked about it, but it is about a plus size fashion blogger, B Schumacher, who has not been able to find love. So she has this relationship that turns out to be pretty toxic and she is watching this show called Main Squeeze, which is basically The Bachelor, really, and just gets really frustrated by it. And on her blog, she posts this critique of it. And that critique makes the new producer of Main Squeeze approach her to be the woman who is trying to find love on the show. And B knows that it's a risk because she knows that she is going to be acting out a lot of the trauma that she's had in her dating life in front of the nation. She knows that that will make her a potential target for trolls, which she has faced before, but she decides that it's worth it and that it could really make a difference for other people who have felt the same way she's felt. So I am just at the part where she has met the 25 (laughs) bachelors which is kind of a horrifying scene. So (laughs) I am a little traumatized right now, but it is so compellingly told. It's a multi-genre book. So there are blogs in it. There are text conversations. There are email conversations. I just am really, really loving it. So that is One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. I really enjoyed that one so much.
1: I really want to read that. I will. I need to join you all on that one. It sounds yeah. great.
2: It's really good so far. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to wait and be a good teacher and do what I'm supposed to do first before I devour the rest of it. But <laughs> So Sarah, what are you reading?
0: So like Ashley, I am reading for our behavioral science goal setting episode that's coming in January. And also like Ashley, I don't typically read these types of books because they often make me feel very anxious because I I feel like it like even though the book isn't doing it, but in my mind it's pointing out things where I'm failing, and then I get really overwhelmed. But so I decided to start Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've had it on my de- or my TBR for so long because I've heard so many good things about it, and I I'm actually really enjoying it. I think he does a really good job of talking about clear. Actionable things that you can do. And what I like about Atomic Habits is that he talks about making 1% changes and like how doing a 1% change every day, which is so small, but like over the course of a year or two years, it makes this astrom- astronomical difference in what you can accomplish. And I mean, to me, it's basically saying take things like in bite sized pieces, not trying to do everything at once. And that is speaking to me, because I am trying to become a better runner. And I, I, I'm the type of person who's like, I I need to run five miles at one time, and then I I can't do it. And I stop. So I'm like, I'm going to just try to run one mile every day and then gradually increase. And so it's working for me and my running's getting better. And I just think that I, I like, I, this feels manageable. The, the tips mm-hmm. that he gives feels really manageable. So I'm really enjoying it and I'm excited to read the rest. Yeah, that sounds great,
1: Sarah. I think you might appreciate the power of moments if you want to follow with the that style of book. Because I it sounds like it would complement really
0: nicely. Yeah, when you were talking about it, I thought that seemed... Similar, like a similar philosophy. So, yeah, like small changes mm-hmm. that make a big impact. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, now we are going to get into the main part of the episode. And what we are each going to do is we are going to talk about a book by an author that we love that is coming out in 2021 that we're excited to read. Jen, do you want to start us off?
2: Sure. So, I am I don't know that I can describe how excited I am about this book. This is John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed. It is coming out on May 18th. And we have talked often on the podcast about how much we all love John Green. His fiction, I think, is so smart and so relevant to teenagers. And I think, yeah, I just I love his fiction. The Anthropocene Reviewed is a bit of a shift for him. So I also love his podcast of the same name. I actually used it in class today as an example of a podcast with a single voice. So in that podcast, he takes just these random topics from what he says is the human centered world and he reviews them on a five star scale. So the one I played for my students today was about Kentucky bluegrass, like the actual grass. And he has had some. There's one about Auld Lang Syne. There's one about potatoes. There's one about this soccer team in England. And he, as he does with on his YouTube channel with his brother, Hank, he'll research these topics, but he comes at them from these really interesting angles. And then he builds an argument for why he's giving it the rating he's giving it. So Kentucky bluegrass, for example, which is an invasive species, gets a two star because it uses a lot of water. And there's a lot of money devoted to it. And it really has no purpose other than luxury and making places look nice. So it's really smart. So the Anthropocene Reviewed, the book, is based on a lot of those podcast episodes. I think he's adding some topics that he maybe didn't talk about in the podcast. But I think it's that same approach of just sort of bite-sized pieces of how his brain works and the way he approaches the world, which is one of my favorite things about him. I think he's just a kind person. And I think I I love the way he thinks about the world and thinks about what's important. And so I am all about anything he writes. So that was an auto buy for me.
0: <laughs> that's shocking. <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> but I actually- We need a buzzer every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is actually going to be an auto buy for me too. So that's uh, probably for all of us. Yeah, But I do, I love how he- focuses on the minutiae of mm-hmm. life. I mean, I think he does that in his young adult novels mm-hmm. too. Like I think like abund- the abundance of Catherine's, I mean, just how he focuses on like the small things. That's why I love him as a writer.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah. Think. I feel like he has just really great insights into mm-hmm. what makes people tick. Also, like I could just listen to him talk all day. I mean, yeah. I think he's just a really fascinating person with such interesting perspectives on things, mm-hmm. but I also like how he lives out loud like he is willing to share his very interior self Mm -hmm. in a way that is approachable and he does that through his books and he does that as a person and he talks about those things and I just really appreciate that also and Mm -hmm. I, I love that when we make those connections to teenagers so even though this one's not YA I mean I think that one of the ways he reaches teens is through just being a person who is down to earth and approachable and who speaks directly. Mm -hmm. And I really, I just really admire all of that. So like, I loved his books first, but then I have found that I just really appreciate him. Mm -hmm.
2: And he's funny too. That was, I played that segment for my students today. It's only five minutes. And that one of the things they liked was that dry humor that he's not, he's not hitting it hard, but he's just, he makes these little off comments. He's off the cuff top comments that are just really funny, but it takes a minute to process them because they are just the, it's the same way he's delivering this really serious information. He'll make a joke. So yeah, I, and I love that in his writing as well. I think that's reflected there too. Yep. Yeah, so May 18th, everybody. So, so excited for that one. Ashley, what are you looking forward to?
1: So I am, this is another author that we all love I am really excited about Nicola Yoon's new book. She has another book coming out called Instructions for Dancing. So this one is coming out on June 3rd. I Her other two books, Everything, Everything, and The Sun is Also a Star, are very different in their plot and in some ways they're different in style as well. But they're definitely, like the plot lines are really different in what the characters work through. But I think that what, Resonated for me when I first read everything, everything, I had read very little romance. And that I loved everything about that book. I could not mm-hmm, it down. Mm-hmm. I thought it was phenomenal. And it showed me a doorway into a genre that I just had never enjoy- enjoyed before. And so I think that that stays with me for her. And it's because, She And so I've read a lot more romance since then. But I still find that she has the things that I like the best in Mm -hmm. romance. And you don't see that in every one. But I think her characters are quirky. They are well-rounded. They are fully developed. And you know their interior in a meaningful way. And also they're working through things. And the things Mm -hmm. that they are working through resonate as being genuine and Part of being a whole human they they don't feel like issues that have gotten plugged into the book in order to make it feel like it has more depth. And so I think that is what I really love is the way that she works through people, and the connections between them as you want to see in a budding romance book but also that she's working through these really hard issues in our society mm-hmm. and is exploring them in a meaningful way through her books which continue to remain light and enjoyable and fun and I think that's really hard to do. I think that's a hard I think that's a hard balance to strike and I think she does it masterfully. So I'm really excited to read it. So this one is about Evie, who is really disillusioned about love. And she gets a copy of a book, Instructions for Dancing. And she had there's a note inside and she winds up going to this dance studio based on the note. And she's really reluctant to pursue that. And then at the studio, she meets someone. And so she has a a dilemma between her steadfast determination to say no to love and kind of what's in her face is what it looks like from the overview. But like I said, I mean, I think that the plot sounds great. But I'm also here for everything that she writes, because mm-hmm. I think that regardless of what the story itself is, what she does with her characters really works for me. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to read it. So again, that's Nicola Yoon's instructions for
0: dancing. That sounds amazing. Uh, no, that I'm makes, so excited. I'm, I'm here for the romance too, but I just love her. I think she does a great, I think she is just a great writer. And she, again, another author who writes young adults very well. Mm-hmm. And White writes, has, like you said, really quirky characters. I love, I love yeah. her. And well, I I I'm love so her. excited. Gonna, yeah, that's yes. what I was going
2: to say. There's, they started that new publishing company, yes. which is so great. So I don't know if this is coming from, their new company or oh, I don't know about the publisher
1: yeah yeah I mean I love David Yoon's I've only read frankly in love so far I can't wait to read more of his books mm-hmm. and I mean you know they they both stand alone as writers for yes. sure but I also think that there is a, a sweet connection between them yeah. you can see that there is a similarity in the way that they approach the world mm-hmm. that yes. that their books complement each other which is really endearing
2: Yes, <laughs> I agree. I saw her on a romance panel at the National Book Festival with Sandy Minon. She was talking about how just her relationship with her husband, and it was this it was the sweetest thing ever. So I do think, yeah, there there's just a genuineness there that I think is lovely. And I think she's writing about love because she is in love. And I think that's really nice. So. Yeah. Sweet. I'm talking like I know her, but it, it was, <laughs> but it was apparent. It was just really apparent. She, yeah, yeah, she just couldn't stop grinning when she talked about him. It was really nice.
1: That's sweet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What
1: about you,
0: Sarah? What's your was your pick? So my pick is one that you're not going to have to wait long for because it comes out January 12th, and it's no secret that we at Run a bridge, love Angie Thomas and her work. We all love the hate you give. We enjoyed on the come up, and I am just so excited for Concrete Rose that comes out, which is kind of a prequel to the Hate You Give. So the Hate You Give Star is the main character, and her father is Big Mav. And this is Big Mav's story. So Maverick, it is about his life as a teenager how he sells drugs to take care of his mom while his dad is in prison. And then he becomes a father at 17 to seven, who is also in the hate you give. And he's only 17 years old. So it's all about the choices he makes about trying to get out of the King Lords, the gang that he sells drugs for to take care of his family and trying to straighten out his life. And actually I watched the trailer of Angie Thomas talking about it. And I always love seeing an author talk about their own work. And you know, from watching her talk about star and the characters and the hate you give, I know that she loves her character so much and it's, it's evident that she loves Maverick. And I'm just really excited to see what she does with Maverick's story and to learn more about him. So I would suggest if you haven't read *The Hate You Give*, which is about police brutality and gun violence, so many things that are very relevant right now and what is going on socially in our world. And I think it is an excellent book. It it just has so many different layers to it and it addresses so many complicated things that are happening. And it, I think it, I think is great for young adults. I think it's great for adults. We read it in my book club and it, it's all adults. So, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. So, and we all three loved it and we recommended it to our students. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read that book prior to January 12th when this comes out. I would definitely read The Hate You Give so you can know about Big Mav as an adult and his family. So then you can read his story and really appreciate what he's come out of. So I cannot wait to read that. (laughs) I'm so excited. And the cover is just awesome. I mean, I just love, I love all the covers of Angie Thomas's books. Mm -hmm. And I know that authors often don't have, you know, license over that, but I just... I just love her. I love her and Mm -hmm. her books. And I think they're just so awesome for young people. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for that. So that's Concrete Rose. And that is by Angie Thomas. All right. Anybody else have anything to say (laughs) about those items?
2: (laughs) I think it's interesting that we all chose young adult authors.
0: I did notice that. I Mm -hmm. thought that too. And
1: I realized when I was thinking about when I was looking for books that were coming out, all the authors who came to my mind were a young adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still, I think when I get to the core of what I read the most, where I'm coming back to an author, mm-hmm. that those are the authors, you know, outside of the people that I've read from studying them in college and stuff. Those are the authors that I've loved as an adult and come back to. And I think it's just because I enjoy reading it, but also because I see what they're doing for young people Mm -hmm. and how awesome that is and how much of an impact it makes.
0: Well, it's just so the authors that we have are just showing, like, I think that what is present now for kids that wasn't present when I was in middle school and high school is that you can find yourself, the authors are doing mm-hmm. such a great job of representing all kinds of kids and all kinds of social situations. And you can find yourself in a book. And I think that's what's so powerful. And I, I mean, it's interesting that we all chose young adult, but I'm not surprised because yeah. we all love kids and we all love teaching and at our core, we're teachers. And when I think about the autobi authors that I have, mm-hmm. almost all of them are young adults, mm-hmm. the young adults writers because that is, I'm always looking at through the lens of being a teacher because that's Mm -hmm. what I love. Yeah. 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 And those are the ones I get the most excited about for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to end the way we end every episode with our Give Me One. And today's Give Me One is what is a memorable present that you received from Santa as a child? Ashley, what is your present?
1: So this one was one that the unabridged ambassadors listed as an option, and as soon as I saw the topic, I thought of this item, and it was when I was very young. I was given a doll, and I think the thing I remember. I, I am not. I was not a doll lover. I am not a doll lover, and but this was a cloth doll, and it had. It was just a sweet doll that had. A dress on it and had like these pigtail braids and the thing that I remember so vividly was that I felt that I had never seen anything like it in the world and that Mrs. Claus I'm not sure why we call her Mrs. Claus and anyway Mrs. Claus <laughs> had made it herself I mean I was positive that like she had stitched it oh and that that Proved to me that you know all these things were so magical, and so it's funny because I, I don't even remember playing with it that much. But the second I saw that topic, like that was that sort of pivotal moment where you're like, "This is the magic, and it is right here." You know.
0: <laughs>
1: and so it was, yeah, that was that was definitely the one I that's most memorable to me because I was wholly convinced that it had been handmade for me.
0: So that was really sweet. That's so sweet. That's the sweetest (laughs) thing.
1: Your cynical friend just shared her inner truth. There,
2: I love that so much. Jen, what about you? What was your memorable gift? So I was having a hard time with this, but two things popped into mind. I will only share one, but both popped into my mind because both were big gifts and both were gifts that I found, or one was for my sister and me at the end of a scavenger hunt. And the reason I'm gonna share it, so mine is my stereo system that I got when I was in, I was like middle school age. And as a parent now, I'm thinking about the background work that had to make this surprise happen. Because when I, at the end of the scavenger hunt to find it, the stereo system was set up in my bedroom. So somehow while I was searching around our house, which was not that big, my parents, I'm sure they had it hidden in our basement. My parents had to bring it up the stairs <laughs> and have it set up so that when I solved the scavenger hunt, I could find it. It was a black stereo system. It had dual cassette tape player. I mean, do you remember this? It was like the height <laughs> of, I, it had my first CD player ever. I thought it was the fanciest stereo system ever for anybody in the world. And I just remember yeah, I, I at that point, I did not believe in Santa anymore, but we still called it a gift from Santa. And yeah, I just remember thinking it was so, so cool. And yeah, so that was my stereo system at the end of the scavenger hunt. So
1: that's yeah. why I have a similar experience with a stereo. And yeah, definitely a memorable,
2: memorable event. That was a big deal. It's so funny, because I think now if I showed it to my boys, <laughs> what they would think <laughs> Cause it was huge and it had like the cabinet part under it and had the glass door that you had the pressure open, you know, you pushed in and then it popped out. And I thought that was amazing. It was that fake wood. I mean, it, was, it was, yes, it was not that fancy, but I can't even imagine what my boys would think. They probably, yeah, I'm sure they've never seen anything like it, but. I was right. just
0: thinking, I'm not sure that my kids have ever seen a cassette tape. Because I mean, they and I mean, I remember listening to the radio, my best friend and I, we would sit at the radio with our fingers, like uh-huh. ready to pirate that music from yep. the radio to record it.
2: Oh my <laughs> sure. gosh. And it was yes. such
0: terrible quality, but we were like, we
2: got it, we got <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and it had a little antenna on the back, the little wire antenna that I was constantly trying to move. So the reception <laughs> would be slightly better. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a piece of work.
1: And there was joy in the yeah. work and, and the struggle to get it. I do think about that sometimes because we listen to a lot of music in our house. And just, you know, now we say, we call Alexa Echo. Hey, Echo, play whatever. And then, <laughs> boom the song, the song plays. And on the one hand, that is really cool. And on the mm-hmm. other hand, it was, there was something really gratifying about listening for three hours to get that mm-hmm. one song that you were waiting for to come on the radio. I mean, there, yeah, and the or the when you wind. wanted to
2: rewind to re-listen to the song, and you were trying to rewind to the exact beginning of the song.
1: <laughs> and the mixtapes. I mean, I. Oh my I, We could have a whole episode about mixtapes, but I mean, yeah, there is some real, there was some real art involved in all of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was the queen of the cassette single because mm. I like to listen to a song over and over. And when you would get the whole album. It was so difficult mm-hmm. to we get won. back to the song, we so won. I would get. The, so my my best friend was really into music, and she had all these cassette tapes, but I would have like whole like suitcases of cassette singles. Cause I wanted to listen to the one popular uh-huh. song over and over and over.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's oh, good great. Good old so days. Funny.
0: When I remember
1: like the two sides and knowing like yes. having it down to an art, how far to listen on the B side so that I was ready to flip back over to the A side on the song mm-hmm. that I wanted so that I could minimize the rewinding and fast forward. Yes. <laughs> Apparently okay. I'm in a confessional mood here. But <laughs> okay, we need to wrap this
0: up. I love um, it. Um, Sarah, Sarah, what about you? What,
1: what is your memorable Santa gift?
0: So I went with, it's not as sentimental. It's sort of sentimental now that I'm an adult. So I think that's why I feel like it's memorable. So mine is a guitar. And I think why I think about that is that, I mean, I thought it was like this gigantic gift. And as an adult, when I think about it, My parents knew I had zero musical ability, but I wanted a guitar so bad, so they got it for me, even though they knew that I had a proven track record of not (laughs) following through with musical things, such as a saxophone, all these different things, which that was only rented from the school for the band, which I never... Just a fun fact. I played in the school band. Well, I was in the school band and I did a concert and I never blew my horn one time because I didn't know how to read the music. So I just sat there and push the buttons and pretend play. <laughs> I soon left I feel the like band. you shared that at some point with us
1: because I was totally scandalized. And then I was it. like, what does it say about me that I'm scandalized by this? First of all, that's probably relatively common. And secondly, like, why is that such a scandal? I don't well, know. And why
2: did your band director not teach you how to read music? Right. What is happening? Anyway. Come on.
0: But it seems like that was
1: not on you, friend. Yes. <laughs>
0: So anyway, they got me the guitar and I I did take some lessons, but again, with music, because I didn't have a lot of talent, when I pictured playing a guitar, I pictured getting like a red and white electric guitar and playing like Van Halen right away. I didn't want to play the old Grey Mayor, she ain't what she used to be, and <laughs> try to do that. So so I did play the guitar for a little bit and subjected family gatherings to my singing and also playing and then I let that go but my parents indulged me because they knew I wanted it so bad and so that's wow. really special to me
1: mm-hmm. that's sweet yeah my children that's are sweet. struggling with that a little bit these days that they are very interested suddenly in the piano mm-hmm. and there, you know there's pros and cons there and more cons than pros <laughs> In the beginning, but it is that thing where they they you know it's hard work. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. You don't just sit down and suddenly play a major sonata. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there there is quite a bit of practice involved, and they aren't very interested in that part, which is fine. But yeah. then I'm like, okay, well then just just plink around on there, and <laughs> that's right. fine too. But you know we don't need to play the song on the page. Like that's okay. So <laughs> it's been a bit of a struggle here. <laughs>
0: Well, we hope you have enjoyed listening to our picks that we are looking forward to coming up in 2021 and hearing a little bit about our gifts from childhood. (laughs) I've enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening and we hope that you will rate, review and subscribe. Thank you. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on
1: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for a list of ways to support us.
2: We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.